The Fields Auto Group proudly presents Huddle Up, Huddle Up. with Bucky Brooks, <laughs> J.P. Shacker, John Osher, and NFL Network analyst and former Jaguar Bucky Brooks bring you the latest on your Jacksonville Jaguars. Everything's got to be about the future. It's got to be about tomorrow and bringing all that into focus as we, you know, attack the season. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks starts right now. And welcome in. It's Wednesday, week 17. This is Huddle Up without Bucky Brooks today. J.P. Shadrick with John Ozier. we got a busy show ahead getting ready for the Houston Texans as the Jaguars head to NRG Stadium in Houston this week to face the division rival. John Ozier coming up. We'll get his thoughts. We just got out of the locker room. We'll hear from Doug Peterson coming up and uh, plenty of buzz on social media today after the playoff ticket announcement went out about 1 o'clock today. So a lot going on. Let's hear from the Jaguars head coach earlier today. Asked if he was going to sit players this week in week 17. It's damn the torpedoes full speed ahead. Never a meaningless game. Never, ever, ever, ever. Um, you play You play to win every game. Um and, and um, you know, the only way I rest players is if they're hurt and, and can't go. It's an AFC South opponent, you know, and they beat us in week five. So, you know, we've got to have a, a great week of preparation, and we understand that. And, and um, you know, still got, still got some unfinished business. There you have it, the uh, comments of Doug Peterson. You can catch the full press conference on Jaguars.com at Jaguar social media. Trevor Lawrence spoke just after practice today. And John Osher joining us now, Jaguars.com senior writer. And here we go, Johnny, into week 17. Good I'm, afternoon. I'm surprised that Doug didn't drop a cuss word in there, too, and just said no. No way. <laughs> right. I mean, the, the whole approach and attitude yeah. and mentality is, hey, we're, we're here to play every game. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, 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 I'm a believer in some situations that a rest in week 18 is fine if you are – in the playoffs, uh, Doug said this didn't factor in his decision, and I believe him. But I think if you're if you're a more experienced team, sort of used to turning it off and turning it on, uh, then it's fine. I don't believe you really lose momentum by doing it. I think most of the time that that lost momentum factor is more about you're playing good teams in the playoffs. So you know, sometimes good teams are going to up and beat you. But with this team. You know, guess what, JP? It's only been good for about three weeks. Yeah, that's right. So I, I think definitely with this team, there is something to let's not confuse the issue. We're winning. We're going after it. We're approaching it the same way every week. Uh, go after it and uh, keep the momentum strong. Beyond all that, there's something to play for this week. Oh, yeah. On on, on two fronts. Win this uh, – and then a tie gets you in next week, which scoff all you want. <laughs> until you're tied in overtime. And, and like, wait a minute, uh-oh. <laughs> until something happens late in the game. Right. And you realize that there's six minutes to go in overtime. You've got the ball. You know, there are decisions that come down where if you're playing for a tie, it's easier. Uh, I don't think it'll happen. But you don't want to be that – I don't think Doug wants to be sitting there with three minutes to go in that game – with an easy way to play for overtime and going, oh, I should have played, you know. Mm-hmm. Same deal with the wild card. The, the wild card exists and the scenarios are out there. Uh, week 18 can get crazy. We've all seen it. If, 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 if you follow the NFL, weird things happen in, in week 18. All of a sudden you're watching a Sunday night game with the new graphics up 
and it's not what you expected that morning. Right. Because two uh, plays happen simultaneously that flip two teams around. Precisely. And, right. It can get weird. And Doug's been uh, Doug's been doing this a long time. Remember his second playoff team number two and number three in Philly came back late in the season was scrapping it out to get there. So he's been involved with this. Uh, he knows weird things happen in Week 18. You happen to lose to the Titans. If there's another way to get in. Uh, you don't want to be walking down the hallway to the owner's office on Monday saying, well, we really didn't think it was going to come up. Yeah, no. We didn't think it was going to come to that. Well, it came to that. Yeah. So going forward in this situation, absolutely right. Trevor Lawrence spoke today as well, and he has the largest increase in passer rating from his first season to the second season in NFL history of any quarterback and that passes the eye test. 24.1 point increase from last season to this year so far. Second place was Carson Wentz from 16 to 17 wow. under, of course, Doug Peterson, who had 22.6 increase. And you're right, it does pass it. I mean, even in a game like last week, he executed what was called. It wasn't a down-the-field attack, you know, facing off against corners, one-on-one, all that stuff. It's let's hit the tight end, throw it out short to the running back. Uh, and manage this game, and he, and he did that as well. So he's done it a bunch of different ways this year, and it just continues to grow and get better for the quarterback. How I know you were in there with him today, so how's he feeling about the whole situation, the the rally in the division, and his play being a big part of that? Um, I think he has the right approach to it, meaning uh, he was asked uh, a second or third question, and – uh, was talking about playing better and uh, talking about very positive things. And in the middle of it, he, he sort of stopped himself and made very clear, look, we haven't done anything. And he's well aware that it's great to have played four or five good games in a row, which I think he has. Uh, he, he also is smart enough to know if he plays bad Sunday, then the same people are going to say, well, he only did five games in a row. So uh, he has an awareness of how important his improved play is you can tell from his body language and the way he's answering it and the way he's uh playing jp what he's done you can't fluke your way into playing as well as he's playing he's good he is going to be good for a long time this is what trevor lawrence is there's no more situation where defenses are 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 fooling they're gonna fool him with some things but he's not on a learning curve right now he's good and gonna get better but he also knows every week you've got to play. You've got to play well. And he knows these last two games, you got to finish this off. Now is not the time for a hiccup. And he's very well aware of that. And I think he that's an experience thing, too. Uh, he, he now knows from experience and it's beaten into him, he's got, what, 32 games in in the league. Well, that's getting fairly close to how many games he played at Clemson. You know, it, in the range, you know, so yeah. so yeah. he he now knows. I'm sure at Clemson, play well one week. Yeah, you, know, you can walk around campus pretty sure you're going to play well the next week because you're Trevor Lawrence. He knows that's not how it works in this league, and is very well aware that. And he's I never played great against the Texans, so I think there's a lot of motivation for him. I, I can play well. I can play well against this defense. I cannot do what I did in the first meeting, which is though. A bad interception. I think I think focus is high for Trevor Lawrence, and I think he has learned. It's not just lip service. 
you have to be focused every week at that position in this league to play well. Yeah, uh, 40 games at Clemson, 32 now. Uh, going into yeah. 33 for the Jags. So, so right there. Muscle, yeah. All that stuff you talk about, you got to have so many reps at a certain level. I think he now knows what the NFL is. And when he says things like you got to prepare and play well every week, everybody says that. Great quarterbacks know it. He's got the big three receivers, well, two receivers and a tight end that are obviously playing very well this year for him. And all three have career highs in yardage so far. And. All three will likely have career highs and completions by the end of the regular season, as you see on your screen there. And Christian Kurtz right on the doorstep of 1,000. Zay Jones with a couple of good days at the office could get there as well. And then Evan Ingram the last couple weeks has been uh, possessed. He's been fantastic. And uh, having uh, that trio and all three being free agent additions this past year, growing with the quarterback all together, it, it all kind of – works together I think in this offense and it's a different guy every week we've heard about that all season long but uh, this trio of we've talked about this before in past years how difficult and how rare it is to really be this successful in free agency and have those guys actually hit and all be really good guys in the locker room and all be productive on the Mm -hmm. field and they're all doing it they're all having career seasons they did a remarkable job with it I would not have told you that all three would have big seasons because usually one, there's a fall off. It just doesn't click. Um, I wrote a story this week for Jaguars.com, which unfortunately for you, JP, you had to read. Free website. um, That I think there's an element, too, that they legitimately all root for each other. And you can feel it on the field. Uh, You can see it in the way they play. Uh, It's hard to put that into words because all receivers are going to say they root for the other guy. But when I asked Isaiah Jones about the camaraderie in the room and about them really rooting for each other, and I kind of couched I said, my sense is that's probably not the way it is in every uh, receiver room. And, and he kind of laughed, and he was like, well, <laughs> right. And Zay said something very interesting that about that story, about there being a maturity factor in that too. All three of these guys are in their sixth year. Mm-hmm. All three uh, – a Christian, I don't think, really has experienced a whole lot of failure or struggling, but he had to w- wait for this opportunity. Um, all three of them have been through times where they've had to wait, and they've seen how it cannot be good. Uh, Evan had his troubles in New York. Uh, Zay has sort of gone up and down in terms of production. He got traded, you know, like moved around the league yeah. too. Yeah. So I think there is a feeling on these three of – They've learned from their experience of how it can, you know, it can be bad, and they've all arrived at good points in their career where they're not selfish guys at all. Uh, you do see them root for each other. I, I would even put Marvin Jones into this, who is very—he's not having the year these guys are. But you don't get any sense from Marvin that he—he's griping about not getting the ops. Uh, he's had 11 years of ops, you know. Yeah, like, and so he gets it. I think they're enjoying being a part of something successful. Uh, and it's it's a striking thing to watch because it doesn't always happen this way. One point on the graphic you threw up there, the numbers they've got. Christian's about to hit a thousand. Yep. The other two probably have to really go in the last two games to get. It'll probably be close. But they feel like thousand yard receivers because in the second half of the season, they've all played like thousand yard receivers. Those numbers are remarkable because they. For eight games, they're trying to figure each other out and trying to figure the offense out. 
to get to these numbers with some struggles early, they all feel like 1,000-yard guys. In I'll liken it to 96 a little bit. Jimmy Smith finished with like uh, 1,200 yards, 1,100 yards that year. But in the second half of the season, he was on – like you could tell where this thing was going with Jimmy. Sort of feels that way this year. If they get Evan back, they're going somewhere where – if Evans back, I would expect all three of those guys to be over a thousand next year. And you've got uh, Travis Etienne at a thousand on the nose yeah. rushing, so that's why this offense yeah, they is all ranked, feel like thousand yard players. That's why it's ranked sixth in the NFL right now. They're all they're throwing it all over the place, running the ball well, and it's all uh, going very well down in the second half of this season. We'll come back in a moment. Defensive talk when we return. We'll take a look at the Houston Texans as well. That's a banged up football team down in Houston, but they're playing hard down the stretch. They got a big win, of course on Christmas Eve over the Tennessee Titans. Tickets are on sale, of course, for that Titans-Jaguars matchup week 18. They're going fast for the winner-take-all AFC South battle in the final week of the regular season. Could be Saturday or Sunday. We'll find out uh, late, uh, probably Monday. Visit Jaguars.com or call 633-2000. This is Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, but without him on the Jaguars Digital Network. You want to continue to play well. You want to continue to improve, you know, each week. And, um, <clears throat> you know, that's that's where I think the leadership of your football team needs to step up and really, uh, you know, keep the guys focused and grounded. There, there are a lot of distractions around this week, you know, um, <clears throat> you know, with the, with the bowl game and traveling a little bit to practice and, you know, of course, the, the holiday weekend coming up and stuff like that. But just staying focused and locked in on, on uh, you know, on their job you know, uh, this time of year, and and um, they keep doing that, then we keep keep showing improvement, and, and we'll be okay. That's the head coach, of course, Doug Peterson, earlier today. Welcome back. It's Huddle Up. No bookie Brooks today. J.P. Shadrick with John Osier. It's week 17. The Jaguars and the Houston Texans coming up at NRG Stadium, Houston, this Sunday, 1 o'clock Eastern kickoff time. The Jaguars have a win streak going, and they've played better football as of late. Four out of the last five have been wins. Meanwhile, Tennessee has lost five in a row now, so the Jaguars are in first place in the AFC South with two weeks to play in this 2022 season. Let's uh, touch on the defense now, uh, Johnny. And, you know, last week, obviously, they were up against it the opening drive. The Trevor Lawrence fumble um, set them up in the red zone, and then they held them to a field goal. They got a, a big blitz call, Andre Sisco mm-hmm. with the sack to force the field goal, and then it was shutdown mode after that the rest of the night. And um, good for this defense to go out and do it against that uh, Jets team when they needed to do it, and the conditions warranted that type of performance, I think. And, you know, when, when the Jaguars are having to settle for field goals and it's a sloppy mm-hmm. night and all that, they and, of course, they've – Apparently shut down Zach Wilson, so um, and that that could be for a long time in New yeah, York looks now. Like it. So we'll see. That's that's their issue, but this defense stepping up in a big way on Thursday night. Yeah, and you, you know, I I don't know that they're a three point defense against a high functioning offense right now, but given the opportunity to play a struggling offense, uh, they took advantage of that and they did the things they had to do. Uh, I. I I thought they also did a nice job at at the one – there were two crisis points in the game. One was the early fumble yep. uh, where in those conditions you can say, oh, you went, well, they got 19 points. 
But having to play uphill from seven points down early is different than three. Uh, that was a big moment getting that stop. And then late in the game, uh, fourth quarter, when they uh, uh, the Jets drove, and I'm drawing a blank yeah. on the quarterback's name. Right, yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people have. Yeah, so, <laughs> but it, it was a new thing that they were facing all of a sudden, a, a, a different thing than you had game planned for. And you've got a running quarterback. It threw him off a little bit, and uh, the kid made some plays. The, the Jets got down to about the 15-yard line of the Jags early in the fourth quarter. If the Jets score there, I think it would have been 16 to 10 at that point. Um, that becomes a different animal. Yeah. Because uh, you're playing on a wet field, then the Jets have a good defense. Wouldn't be inconceivable. A quick touchdown, quick stop, and all of a sudden you're holding your breath. Uh, Dewey made a nice play on an, on a run to get him back into down and distance difficulty. Uh, so I thought that moment, even though people, like naysayers who like to say nay, uh, would say, well, the Jets were struggling offense with, with a backup quarterback and a struggling quarterback, no big deal. At the moments that were key in that game, the Jaguars did a nice job of making plays to lock down a game. Plus, the defense also had to play under pressure the whole game because the offense never really pulled away enough to make it feel really breathing easy. So, nice job by the defense. I think most of the season they will still be a we-need-to-get-turnovers-and-break-serve type defense, but they showed that they could shut down an offense that, that was shut down a ball. Chris Strebler was the, the quarterback's guy. name. That's T- the guy. I'm Tebow at. Light. Tebow Light. That's uh, pretty much what that was. So, uh, we'll see if they can uh, equal that type of performance this week against the Houston Texans. We'll take a timeout and get into this Houston team. 2-12-1. and one. They're playing hard lately, though. Playing well. Yeah, playing well. They got a win, obviously, this past week in Tennessee. That put the Jaguars in the first place in the AFC South. We've got plenty ahead, of course, on them. There's no better time to become a Daily's Place Blue member than right now. Enjoy the best live music around with access to the best seats and amenities, premium parking, and more. Reserve your spot for 2023 now. And for more, email ticketing at boldevents.com or call 633-2000. This is Huddle Up on the Jaguars Digital Network. You want it. You want to see how we're going to respond. Um, and, you know, coaches and players. And, and um, you know, it, it just starts It starts in practice, starts today. But, you, you, you know, you worked hard to get in this position. And, and a lot of ups and downs. But, the you know, you guys have seen the, the sort of the incremental progress throughout the course of the year. And, you know, that's why you, that's why you play these games. And each, each game matters. And so, um, yeah, you, you, you want to see, you know, how the guys will respond in, in, in moments like this. That's Doug Peterson, of course, earlier today. Welcome back. It's Huddle Up. No Bucky Brooks today. J.P. Shadrick with John Osher. It's week 17. The Jaguars and the Houston Texans coming up at NRG Stadium in Houston this week. The 78th Tax Slayer Gator Bowl returns to the bank this Friday. The 21st-ranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish and the 19th-ranked South Carolina Gamecocks for tickets, there are a few remaining. Visit TaxSlayerGatorBowl.com.
Always a fun event, but a big, a really good ball game. Two eight and four football teams this year, John. Yeah, very good. My son's a big, big South Carolina fan for some reason. Uh, <laughs> so no, no, I mean, he, uh, no real connection to it, but he, he loves it. He's fired up, so he's go. They've uh, painted the field. The end zones are painted in the team's colors now, so that's why the Jaguars have had to move their practice. Uh, they decide they wanted to practice on grass outside, so that's why they've gone to Episcopal today and tomorrow. They could have gone inside of the facility, but um, I think Doug wants to go over there. So they've done that today, um, just like they were in training camp. So yeah. same setup, easy bus ride back and forth, no big deal. Yeah, and I think that becomes uh, – people always ask when that happens, well, is it going to affect him? Is it a distraction? For a regular season practice, I think it's even less of a problem than for a training camp practice because basically regular season – you're very into your routine. Uh, you, you you tend to go shorter and a little lighter because it's so much prep and install. Uh, if it was going to be sort of a factor in preparation, I think it would have been more of a factor during training camp. I don't I don't see it being remotely a problem or probably something even players are thinking very much about this week. All right, let's take a look at the Houston Texans this week. The Jaguars facing Houston at two twelve and one, but it's a banged up football team they have a lot of guys and a lot of key players on injured reserve at this point starting running back is on there stingley the cornerback is on injured reserve just to name a couple of guys uh, one of the big receivers nico collins is on there as well and uh, so that, that's that's what they're battling through at this point in the season um, mid late december and uh, there's the list of guys that are on the, um, the injury report. Damian Pierce was the leading rusher by a long way. Everybody else, I think, is under 100 mm -hmm. yards for the season. So they've got to figure out running the football down the stretch. And they're using a couple different quarterbacks at this point. There's a lot going on in Houston. Yeah, I'm not going to say their personnel doesn't matter because uh, Damian Pierce, Stingley, Nico Collins are big contributing players for them. Uh what I look for with a team that's that's out of it at the end of the season is, is more, are they still listening to the coach and are you still seeing effort? Because then they're dangerous. Uh, this team is clearly doing that, and they're forcing turnovers. Uh, Lovey Smith, it, it, it appears the defense of the Texans is still playing for him and doing what he wants, which makes them dangerous because Trevor has never had a great game against the Texans. He struggled against them earlier. I think he will play much better than he ever has against them because he's raising his – he hadn't played that well against anybody yeah. during the time that he played poorly against the Texans. But they keep it they keep it in front of you. They want to force turnovers. Uh, the danger of this for the Jaguars is in the first half of this game, if they have some drives that they don't finish, uh, if it's 10-3 at halftime one way or the other and it's a tight game, then you, the game's short. Remember, that was a big part of what the Texans did out here in uh, October when they played. Not only did they get the uh, the weird turnovers, but they had a couple of drives that really shortened that game. And all of a sudden, you looked up, and it was five minutes to go, right. and it was tight. And then the Texans got a stop and a touchdown, and boom, you're up against it. That's the kind of game you want to avoid. It, it, it sounds stupid. Of course, you want to get ahead. In this game you really would love to see a 14-3 Jaguars lead in the first half where you could say, okay, now we're getting it. We don't have to think about all that BS. And we can just go play. We're okay against them. 
I don't want to see a couple of takeaways for the Texans early. No. Because that turns into that kind of a game. And they're and they're good enough to win that kind of a game. It's it's what they have gotten themselves into the last three weeks. It's no fluke. When you play Dallas tough, when you play the Chiefs tough and you beat the Titans, uh, this is not a team uh, to be taken lightly. Yeah, teams in playoff spots each of the last three weeks, as you mentioned there, and they lost to Dallas and Kansas City by a combined 10 points. So they were in Could have easily those... won both of them. Absolutely. And it, Could it, have. For people who haven't followed it, overtime against KC mm-hmm. and against Dallas, uh, they had Dallas backed up, and uh, the Cowboys needed a 95-yard drive in the, or 95-plus drive in the last uh, – Seven minutes of the game. Uh, get ahead of them and take that sort of thing out. And then big picture moving ahead for Houston. This offseason is, <clears throat> excuse me, obviously big for them. They have two first-round picks. They're currently projected to have the number one overall pick in the draft. They'll also get Cleveland's first-round pick. It's currently the 11th pick. Yeah. Uh, they've got six picks in the first three rounds in 2023. They also have two first-round picks in 2024 with the Deshaun Watson trade. So, you know, they may be down right now, but if they draft it properly, obviously we know how that goes. Um, you know, in projecting a few years out, if they get a lot of those picks to hit, they could be right back in this thing, you know, a few years. Yeah, from they now. have the ability to get themselves right in a hurry. Like any franchise in their situation, they clearly, uh, along with the rest of the AFC South, the AFC South, South's challenge now fundamentally is finding a quarterback so you can start catching up with the Jaguars quarterback. I'm not saying the Jaguars are clearly ahead of the rest of the division right now because they're tied. But over time, it appears that the Jaguars have that spot fixed. That puts you on more solid ground than a team that doesn't have that spot fixed. So uh, the Texans, if they can get the quarterback right, all of a sudden they've got a lot to build around that guy. We'll come back in a moment. Our final thoughts about this matchup, the playoff picture in the AFC and NFC, and we're coming down the stretch. And if you're ready to join the Jaguars 2023 season, ticket deposits are now open. They're going fast as well. Secure your place in line to get the best seats at the best prices for next season with flexible payment options and pricing for every budget. You don't have to miss out. Visit jaguars.com slash tickets and place your deposit and be at the bank for every big play next season. This is Huddle Up on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Huddle Up on a Wednesday. No Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick, John Ozier, a live look outside at the Miller Electric Center under construction. Starting to clear the fields, it looks like. Uh, a little uh, the construction rolling along. Of course, this will be ready for business Next summer, sometime before training camp, maybe a little earlier than that. We'll see, but uh, it's moving along nicely. Haven't had a chance to walk through there yet. I need to get in there. Check I haven't either. I, I assume I'll do that after the season. Yeah, sometime. all right after the Super Bowl. Right? They let me in. Yeah, all right. My code probably didn't work there either. <laughs> so, huddle <laughs> up is brought to you by Fields Auto Group, Jacksonville. Step up to luxury. FieldsAuto.com. Let's take a look at the AFC playoff picture as it stands today. If the season ended right now, which it never does, the Jaguars would be the number four seed and uh, the AFC South champs, of course. The Bills are in, Chiefs are in, Bengals are in. The Ravens have clinched a spot, and the Chargers, with their win on Monday night, are in the playoffs. So there's only two spots remaining, the AFC South champion, and then a wild card spot. Currently, Miami is in control at the seven seed, but 
<laughs> Tua is out this week with a concussion. Teddy Bridgewater will get the start. The Patriots and the Jets are on their schedule down the stretch. There's a lot to be decided there. And, of course, there's still an outside shot of the Jaguars backing in as a wild card. A lot of things would have to happen. It's so convoluted that it's even difficult to discuss. It's convoluted, but uh, it's not really that out of the question. There's like three things. Yeah. Miami losing it, it is part of it. It's a difficult part, but with two out, all of a sudden that's not that difficult. Changes and everything. I keep going back. Remember last week, Green Bay went in with like this 4% chance, however you figure that out. Yeah. A four percent chance, and by the end of the night, I'm not sure if they control their destiny, but it's close. Not like, yet, not yet. But because no, every they had four teams on Christmas Eve lost that they needed to lose before their game Sunday in Miami. Right. So and that's they how won quick the it game. Can so yeah, it flipped. Um. So again, that's why uh, if you're Doug, you play these guys because the Titans are resting all their guys this week. Uh. So it it could get. That game in the last game of the season is no guarantee. So if you can enhance your wild card chances, enhance your wild card chances. Go play this week. And in this nine-game skit against the Texans, too, by the way. They've yeah. won 20 of the last 24 meetings. Right. And that you've got a chance, and I haven't looked it up, but it's been a long time around here since you've beaten all the teams in your division in, in the same year. Uh, they didn't do it in 17. They haven't done it since. Right. So – I need to go back and look it up, but that's been a minute. So go into next season without any of those things and feeling like you're the best team, win the division, be 9-8, and eight, feel like you're a good team. Uh, at this point, this team hasn't – the other side of it too, this team hasn't done enough to not want to keep winning. That's right. That's right. And just listening to Josh Allen in the locker room, you and I were standing with him right yeah. before the show. He's never had a winning record here. Like, uh, right. he, he would like to have a winning record, 9-8 right. and eight at the end of the regular season. Yeah, so it's – I mean, those are all the reasons that you don't rest guys, and they won't rest guys, and good for them. Feeling good about it? Yeah. I mean, it, it's uh, it, as good as you can. You always know in the NFL things can happen that you don't win. Mm -hmm. But I, they're the better team. They're playing better. They're motivated. They're focused. Uh, they should go win. I think the the formula for them not going and winning is a turnovers for the Texans and the Jaguars not playing well. Well, that's the formula in every game. So uh, if you don't do the things that the better team can do to lose games, then I think you go win the game. We'll see if they can get it done this Sunday at NRG Stadium in Houston. The Jaguars and the Houston Texans coming up. Our thanks to David Cho, Brent Reber, our entire crew for John Osier. I'm J.P. Shadrick. Jaguars, Texans, 1 o'clock this Sunday. We'll have a Jaguars happy hour, of course, tomorrow, and then the Doug Peterson show in the afternoon. Jags drive time tomorrow morning here on Jaguars.com. We'll catch you next time. It's Huddle Up on the Jaguars Digital Network.